right? Yeah, Marla. You don't take up your sword to go eat breakfast. You don't take up your sword to go take your dog for a walk. You don't take up your sword to go on a date. You take up your sword when it's time to fight. And this is in the context of spiritual battle. Take up your sword. Okay, so like I read my Bible today because I'm supposed to. I'm not sure that's the same as taking up your sword, man. As part of the program, I have to do a Bible study. I don't think that's the same as taking up your sword. I have to get ready for disciples. I don't think that's taking up your sword. I think taking up your sword deliberately, you are deliberately saying, I am going to grab that sword. I'm tired of getting my tail kicked. I'm tired of losing spiritual battles. I'm tired of not knowing what I need to know. I'm tired of not arming the spirit which dwells within me with a sword. I'm going to take up my sword. I'm going to join the fray. It's different than doing a Bible study. It's different than reading a chapter a day. Makes sense, right? Take up. You have received the word of God. It's sitting right in front of you. Take it up. Join the battle. We must actively receive it as it is offered. Salvation was offered to you as a free gift. You can read about that in Romans chapter 6, 23. If you don't know about that, ask someone in your small group. Salvation is offered to you. Here's the question. Will you receive it? You know why most people who get to this point where they're actually hearing the gospel repeatedly, you know why they won't receive it? It's not because they... they they think they don't need it. It's because they, they, they want to try to earn it. If I would just be a better man, then maybe God would let me into heaven. It doesn't work that way. That's not what is being offered to you. What is being offered to you, according to Romans 6.23, is a free gift because it's, it's free for you. Jesus paid for it with his life, but he's offering it to you as a free gift. The question is, will you receive it or not? Not, are you going to try to earn it? Not, are you a good person? Not, do your good works outweigh your bad works? Will you receive the free gift? And most people are like, ah, I can't comprehend being loved enough that someone else would die for me and offer me a free gift, and they just can't get their head around that, and they're blinded to the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because they're clouded by their own pride by their own despair, and they won't just simply believe what's being offered to them. Okay. Don't fail to receive the word of God because of unbelief about what we're being offered. So what is being offered to us? What is it that we need to take up? What is this word of God, the sword of the spirit? First Corinthians chapter 2, 14, we see this word receive. It's the same word translated. It says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The Bible is preached to a lost man, and it just sounds like religious garble. It doesn't get in there. Here comes the word of God, and it's like, whoop. <laughs> Here comes the word of God. It's like, whoop. What happened? The natural man, who we are naturally, outside of the Spirit of God, outside of the work of God in our lives, we don't get it. We don't receive it. We don't take it. We don't 
That makes sense. That's the same word. The natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. But who we are as a new man in Christ and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, now these things have a place in our lives. We can receive them. Okay, let's talk about the sword of the Spirit. When you see a capital S Spirit in your King James Bible, you know that's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Okay? When you see a small s Spirit in your Bible, that could just be talking about my spirit could be talking about just something that has life. It could be talking about, you know, other things. But when you see the capital S, that's the Holy Spirit of God. We see it in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14, which says, talking about Christ, in whom also ye trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy, capital S, Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. So we, in verse 14, that's us. We are the purchased possession. So we are sealed. We are indwelt and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, so the word of God is the sword of the Spirit of God. I'm not sure. I've been studying this for a long time. I'm not sure I still have my head around that. This, the Word of God is the Spirit of God. I'm sorry, it's the sword of the Spirit of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit of God. And I can't wait until we have eyes to see spiritually. And we're watching the recording of your life. And, 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 and we're going to see it for what it is, maybe. So what we see now is just a maybe a, a negative thought in my mind. I think that's a spiritual attack, and when you use the word of God to repel that, I think you're pulling out your sword, and I think you're doing battle with the enemy. And I think when we see things for how they really are, I think that looks really cool. you doing battle with the enemy in the battlefield of your mind using the sword of the Spirit. Okay, but let's talk about this. So you get the spirit plus the word, and you end up with the sword. See that? Turn to Acts chapter 2. God's getting you ready. He said he was reading that this morning. Coming to the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 37 with me. Now when they heard this, this is Peter's uh, sermon. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. The word of God was preached, and they were pricked in their heart. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing, they were pierced in their heart by the preaching of God's word. Look at Acts chapter 5, flip over a page. Acts chapter 5, verse 33. <clears throat> when they heard that, they were what? Curious. They, they were cut to the heart. Acts chapter 5, verse 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart. Look at Revelation chapter 1. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. This is Christ. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Acts chapter 2, verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. Look at verse 16 of chapter 2. Repent. Or else I will come against thee quickly and will fight against thee with the sword of my mouth. We can go on and on throughout scripture and see how the word of God, when we have spiritual eyes to see, it is a sword. It's a sword that, that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. It's a sur sword which, which does a work in our lives. We've already looked at, at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which is probably the most famous verse on this, but let's talk about the work of the Spirit with the sword of the Lord real quick. So, piercing. So the Word of God pierces me, and then when it's in there, remember, it's got two-edged sword. It's not like a katana. It doesn't just, like, lop your head off. Okay? It's a two-edged sword, and it and it and it's a piercing. So it, it, it's like a surgical strike, and it divides this from that. What exactly is it dividing? It's dividing asunder, separating the soul and the spirit. What's that talking about? Well, okay, let me ask you a question. That thing that you did this week, those words that you said this week, was that you? Did that come from self? Or was that the Holy Spirit of God leading you to do something? And, those, and let the church say, I don't know. <laughs> how would you know that? This is how you would know that. How, what was my motivation for saying what I said? Where am I really at in terms of my walk? How much of what I do is just who I am, how I was raised, how I'm wired? Is that what determines my actions? Or is it something spiritual is it the new nature being led by the spirit of god what why do you do what you do man why do you say what you say habit habit okay that would be soul unless you've been saved a long time and then your habits are now framed and and, and, and built upon god's word then it's spirit but honestly sometimes we get a little confused we've got our soul just the natural man, so to speak. And then we've got our spirit that, that's, that's connected to the spirit of God leading. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like this sometimes. And every once in a while, you know, I'll say something and it's like, oh, that wasn't the spirit of God leading me to say that. Oh, God, give me your grace to not mess everything up. God, I think, I, I think that was Chris talking and not Christ talking. Great. I think I probably just messed it all up. Because what people need to see is Christ, not Chris. What people need to hear is the Word of God, not my best ideas. Hey, Chris's best ideas for the week. Who wants to come to that? Nobody. It doesn't pierce you. It doesn't divide you asunder. But the Word of God does. Okay. The joints and the marrow. The joints is what enables functionality. It's where two bones come together. 
the muscles and tendons cross that and enables you to do something. What you do, the motions of your body, the marrow, that's like the deepest part in there. Okay, so, so why do you do what you do? Who are you really? Is this being led by God or is this coming of self? Well, okay, the, the word of God will come in and do a piercing, dividing asunder. The other thing it will do, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. A discerner. It's a judge. Another word for that would be a critic. It, it, it critiques us. It's the only place in the New Testament where that Greek word is used, the discerner. Criticos. Critic. It, it, it evaluates us. It analyzes us. The thoughts and the intents of your heart. What are you really thinking? What was your intent? The, the word of God will come in and it clarifies all of these things for us. So here's what happens. It divides us from ourselves, removing the devil's strongholds and making room for the spirit. What's that mean? Well, okay, I've got an old nature and I've got a new nature. Colossians talks a lot about that. Put off the old man, put on the new man. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You guys are familiar with those verses? Okay. Well, what, I, what needs to happen is I need to tear down the strongholds that the devil has in my life. What you need to do is tear down the strongholds that the devil has in your life. You're like, what do you mean strongholds? I thought it is finished and Christ won and the battle's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We win. If you're in Christ, you're, you're, you got your relationship with God restored through Christ. You're going to go to heaven. Your, your destiny is settled. But a defeated foe, sometimes, instead of just running and leaving you free, will, will go to the strongholds, the walled cities, the deep valleys where there's chariots of iron, and we couldn't drive them out because there were chariots of iron, because it was a walled city. They went to caves out in the wilderness, and we couldn't drive them out. So a defeated foe will still seek to find strongholds in the walled-in places in your life. Well, you can't go there. You can't talk about it. Such a hot topic. In the crevices, in the valleys of your life, the enemy's just there lurking, waiting for an opportunity to strike. Okay. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That stronghold is in your life because it's something you haven't dealt with yet. The Word of God addresses it. You just haven't addressed it yet. You haven't gone there yet. You haven't. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's a great hurt you received. Maybe it's a pet sin you're holding on to. Okay. That's where the, the devil will work. Okay. And if he can get me to trust in myself, gee, Chris, you're great. Yeah, I'm great. I can trust in myself. Just one drink, right? How's that work out? Anybody? Doesn't work out very well, does it? No. No. But the devil got me thinking I can trust in myself, and now he's got room to work in my life. I need to take that two-edged sword. It's not just I'm going to use it against my enemy. I'm going to tear down the strongholds that he has in my life.
I am not going to trust in self anymore. Can you say that? I'm done trusting in Christ. I'm going to take what God says in his word. I'm going to do that. That's it. I'm not trusting in self. I'm trusting in him. I've got some verses there for you. You can continue to look at Colossians chapter 2. talks about the, the surgery that God did on you, spiritually speaking. He separated you from yourself. It's called the circumcision made without hands. You know what circumcision is. Spiritually speaking, you've been circumcised. With a sword, done without hands, like nobody like actually did the circumcision. Okay? But spiritually speaking, you've been separated from yourself. We need to make that, we need to realize that. We, we apply the word of God to ourselves. Okay? Luke chapter 2, verse 35, the rich young ruler comes, and he falls down on his knees before Jesus, and he says, Good master, what must I do to be saved? In your small groups, I want you guys to talk about that. What did he do wrong? Why did Jesus answer him the way he did in Luke chapter 2? Well, let's move on. Okay, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. Okay, so, Bible says the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. All right, well, if it is the word of God, okay, how do we respond to that? Okay, our response. Okay, and here's the verse. First Thessalonians 2 13. For this cause we for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that what? That believe. It works effectually in those of you who read a chapter a day because you're supposed to. Is that what it says? It works effectually in those of you who are saved. Is that what it says? No. Listen, here's the issue at hand. Is this God's word or is this man's word? And I'm going to, I'm just going to present this up front. There's times when you treat this as man's word. I'm just going to say that. You can, you can argue with me if you want when I'm done. But that's the point here. Because if it is God's word, it is not for us to form an opinion about it. Well, here in the Living Well class, we esteem God's word very highly. Wait, that's not your job to esteem God's word highly or not. You don't get to just give your opinion on God's word. It's not to decide... If we do or do not agree with it, well, I just don't think that verse is. What, what, oh, hang on, time out. Who are you? You're going to critique God's word? Let's ponder the intent of the original authors and what that might have been. No, it's not our job to try to decide what somebody might or might not have been thinking. That's how we treat man's <clears throat> word. See, you can critique me. You can leave here and say, well, I just don't like the way he acted. I don't like the way the, 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 his mannerisms. That's cool. Perfect. Yes. But listen, we don't do that with God's word. If it's God's word, it's absolute. then we treat it like it's God's word. If, if God himself 
in the form of a man walked through the door and said, men, I want you to walk down the street. You wouldn't say, I don't like this inflection. You would fall on your face like you were dead. And when the angel came and touched you and strengthened you, you would get up and you'd be hard pressed not to run down the street. Amen. Why? Because God said it. And when God says, he's going to say, well, God, why do you want me to walk down the street? You would just do it. Right? If you knew it was God, you would just do it. Okay. What we do is we treat the word of God like it's the word of man sometimes, and we add our opinion to it. That's not, that's not how you treat the word of God. That's how you treat the word of men. If it's the word of God, our, our response is to trust and obey. God gave us his word. It's a sword, spiritually speaking. It does a work in those that will receive it, those that will take it as the word of God and not of men. This would be the main point, perhaps, this morning. Is this the word of God or not? And if it is, have you received it as the word of God? Do you have a sword for the Holy Spirit that dwells within you? If it's not the word of God, then you don't actually have a sword. If, if you're just trusting in scholars to, you know, study the oldest manuscripts and through the science of textual criticism, come up with what may or may not be the intent of the original authors. You're wasting your time. You don't have a Bible. You're trusting in scholars. You're trusting in the word of men who have made themselves listen critics of God's word. They are discerners of God's word, deciding for themselves if we do or do not have what God may or may not have meant, all the time whispering in your ear, yea, hath God said. But if we have a Bible, which is the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, then you have what you need, but you have to believe that. It's not enough that I have a Bible sitting on my shelf and I'm indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. No, take up the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, because the enemy's at the gate. We are in a spiritual battle. We need spiritual armor and spiritual weapons to fight against it. Take up this. This morning, if I would have left my house and said, kids, do you have the word of God? They would have said, oh, yeah, yeah, let me look. I've got my Bible here somewhere. No, I'm not talking about just a synonym for a book on your shelf. I'm saying, do you have the words of God, yes or no? And if you do, have you taken that up like a sword? You guys follow me here? You guys with me? Okay. <clears throat> the Bible critiques us. It discerns us. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. We don't critique it. You guys see that trap? I'm going to be a Bible scholar, and I'm going to get my master's in it. Yeah, careful. Why don't you just be a student of God's word? Why don't you learn how to handle your sword? Let's do that. Okay. If it's the word of God, don't treat it like a Facebook post. Don't like it or dislike it. Just trust God and obey it. Take up your sword and fight for lives. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do our small group discussions. Break up into your